millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the Red Men TV. It is the Uncensored Match Build-Up Show. I am Chris Pajak. That is Ross Chanley. I am joined uh, from his office uh, by Mr. James Sutton, the man, the legend, and of course by the head honcho of this is Anfield, Matt Ladston from somewhere in the world. Um, he's not told us where. It could be Lisbon. It could be America. Who knows? Underground could where? be Formby. Yeah. It could be anywhere. We just don't know. Uh, we're here, of course, to preview the Manchester United versus Liverpool game in the Premier League. And Manchester United have got the chance to put the nail in our coffin of the top four. And that sucks. Fucking monkey dick. Ross Chanley. I'm not yeah. asked about money from videos. Go on. Oh, I don't know where you went. I don't know where you go from there, Chris, to be honest. Um, yeah, not not confident. Not really looking forward to it. But it's a step closer to the season finishing. That's been in my mind for the, for the, for the past few weeks. Just like, I changed the calendar upstairs in the office. And I was like, five games. Just, just get them done. And I'm happy. But, you know... You're right, the top four chances are uh, slim to none at the minute. Our record at Old Trafford is shit. Um, so, you know, yay. Absolutely ridiculous. We're going to dive into it in, in, in a whole host of depth and detail with the guests, of course. But before that, uh, we've obviously got uh, an integration with Super 6. Paul was over there on Hold the L uh, on Tuesday talking about the best Champions League moments. Uh, we went for Istanbul. Get over there, watch this video and go and vote for Paul Machen. Look, I, I mean, this is going to go down to the vote for sure. And I, and I guess, I guess Paul and um, Akeem are going to get away with it. And I guess it will be about us, Nini. Get away with it. Yeah. But, <laughs> it was always going to come down to us. Let's be serious. It was always coming down to me. And, and, and like we've we... cheated. <laughs> Love that. Like we've cheated. You want us to pick a worst moment. But I, I yeah, think, yeah, look, yeah. in terms of holding the L, it's not always necessarily what the right answer is. It's, all, it's also about... Like, Akeem, you think yours is the best. Paul thinks his is the best. I've got a side with Paul. Nini, who, who do you think was the best Champions League win? Between like, Akeem. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I have to go for Liverpool. I think it's one of the iconic ones. You know what so I mean? So, if anything, Akeem might need to hold the L. <laughs> Don't try it. Don't try and spin it. I'm, I'm, just, spin it. I'm just opening the floor to debate. No, no, all. Don't try Welcome back, go over and check out the Hold the L show on the Super 6 YouTube channel. Link is in the description. Vote for Paul Machin, vote for PM, for PM is what I'm saying to you right now. Uh, because obviously Istanbul was the greatest Champions League moment of all time. Um, okay, Matt, it's been so long since we've spoken to you on the show, mate. Thanks for joining us today. Um, United have lost 1 in 15 home games in all competitions against Liverpool. one ten, drawn 4 and are unbeaten in 8 and not only that, Matt, they've got a really annoying habit of being shit and winning games of football, which I quite like as a habit uh, for, you know, Liverpool. Have we got a fucking chance this weekend? 
Uh, short answer or long answer, I mean, yeah, I'd, from everything that you just said, no, we don't have any chance at all, do we? Um, it'd be great if we had the other half of that a bit, you know, just playing shit, we've got that, we're doing that part. <laughs> um, but, but then to have the, the, the other half and actually win games, that'd be great, you know? It's like uh, 75 minutes of playing shit and then 15 minutes of just collapsing. So, yeah, um, they've, they've kind of stolen that half. If we could get that from them and just... But I totally agree with Ross. Like, this is this game takes place in May. It's like, fucking hell, the end is in sight. Like, just want to, want to get past it, get over the line. So, um, yeah, that's the biggest positive. I know that we're not being very optimistic, like, and it'd be great if we could have some optimism. But when you've not won at Old Trafford for, what is it, like, seven years now? Um, I mean, you, you might know. Surely there's no other away ground that we've not won at in seven years. Like, it must be our longest non-winning run. I think Klopp has won at every other away ground apart from Old Trafford. So I'd imagine that that's kind of true, to be honest with you, Matt. Yeah, I mean, our record there is awful. Um, Last time we won there, you know, Suarez, Gerrard. It's mad to think that, you know, the teams that we've had since then, um, yeah, I don't know how we get around this because... Obviously, the FA Cup game when we was there in January was a bit of a weird one. Um, we actually played a little bit better than we had been at the time, but whether we can actually play well for 90, 95 minutes on Sunday, I'm not convinced. Is there a crumb of comfort, James, that they've got a huge game against Roma in the Europa League semi-final tonight, uh, obviously on the day of recording, that you know they might, obviously they rotated a little bit their front line with Mason Greenwood starting in the number nine role uh, again, with, in that draw with Leeds on Monday. Is there something for us there that they might have a little bit of a Europa League hangover? I mean, you'd, you'd like to think so, but, but I mean, Roma are shit at the moment as well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's almost like it's a perfect storm for them, really. We're shit, Roma are shit, and they're on a really, really good run. And also, like you say, you know, they they, they can rotate, and uh, you know, they got you know, Rashford can play. You got you know Cavani up top. Um, you know whether whether McTominay plays. I don't. I, I expect James to play one of the two games for them. Don't expect him to, to play both. Um, they're just they're they're in a, like you said they're in a really really good annoying run of form where they can play crap and win and there's not a, there's not a huge amount we can do about it but you know the kind of the romantic in me you know I I, I still I still hold out hope that we can get something from the game you know I'm I'm ready to get hurt again Chris I'm I'm ready to get hurt again. <laughs> you're always ready to be hurt you James <laughs> welcome to my world man you know, I, <laughs> I just think you know. It, Despite everything that's happened this in this in this fucking car crash of a season, you look at our team sheet and there's still ballers on that pitch. There's still world class players on that pitch, cap- capable of world class things, you know. But we 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 have to start pressing. We have to start playing a high line. We have to get balls into the fucking box. That's what we really need to do: is get the football into that into those that little square in front of their goal because we haven't done a lot of that. And if we start doing that, then we've got a chance. Because United aren't, like, make no mistake, this league's crap. United aren't, aren't this world-class fucking outfit. They're just kind of, they're kind of getting by because everyone else is shit. The drop-off from City is huge. There is an opportunity. Look, look listen to this. I'm building it up like, like we're going to get anything from the game here. I'm just, yeah, I'm going to get hurt again, aren't I? I want to get on. I want some of whatever you're on, to be I honest, felt, James. I felt inspired for five seconds. I know, there. until he backtracked and yeah. was like, no, I can't be doing this, Ross. But look, they have got a game against Roma. Um, 
I'm going to go uber positive here and go, do they really care about the Liverpool game other than it's Liverpool? Because, you know, a couple of games against Roma, really important. They're not really getting... They're not thinking about fifth catching them or whatever. They're not going to drop out of the top four. They're not really thinking about... Manchester City. I know it is Liverpool, so that does change things for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and Man United, but I just think there might be an opportunity for us to just catch him napping a little bit. No. Okay. <laughs> so I mean, I like the sense of it, but I don't think it's going to happen. You can guarantee that Fergie's going to be on the phone to Solskjaer over the weekend going, like, don't fuck this up. Because it's, it is, you're right, it is Liverpool, Manchester United. It's always going to be big. There's no fans. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. That It doesn't matter to them. Um, but, you know, they're going to kick us while we're down. It's, it's a really good time to play Liverpool at the minute. You know, everybody knows that. The way that Newcastle set up, you know, suggests that and the way that teams can can identify with Liverpool and find a way to beat us. But United will be happy to kind of sit back and soak up some pressure. You know, they've got you mentioned Cavani, Rashford, you know, they've got pace in, in counter attacks there to, to to hurt Liverpool. And it also depends on whether who we're playing at centre back as well, which you know we're gonna come on to in a second. Yeah, we'll definitely do that. I want to ask though, Rosh, before we get into that, and I'll get everyone's opinions on this. Uh, I'll start with you, Rosh. Obviously, when it comes to tactically, you know, Manchester United have set their stall out a lot like Liverpool in 17-18 for large portions of the season, certainly when they've come up against big sides who play, you know, a certain way. Are we going to see that again? Are Liverpool going to try and change things up a little bit and to not have that ball over the top for Rashford to run on to and stuff like that? Or is it just going to be played out in the way it's been played out between Liverpool and Manchester United the last couple of years? It's a gamble either way, isn't it? You know, you either be, you either be predictable or you try something different, which is, which is, again, risky. Why would you change it at this point, especially if, you, if you're into changing... Against centre backs, why are you changing changing personnel? Do you change tactics at the same time? Is that too much to, to change? Or you just go like we've said, there's five games left. Just fucking get the season done. We'll change tactics or you know a plan B, as some people like to call it. Next season, Matt, I, just, I, just, I just think it'd be the same. What about you, Matt? Do you, do you think it's just going to be the same, or do you think Klopp might actually do something different, or is is Klopp's ego, and I don't mean this in a bad way, just this is the way we've been trained, this is the way that I've won the league last season, this is the way we play? That's been the evidence of the whole season, and it's probably been my biggest frustration, is the, the lack of changing it up. You know, it's kind of like, oh, we're going to pr- pr- like what's proven, but it's proven like eight, nine, ten months a year or more ago. You know, it's been the same shape, the same setup, the same players even, and that's been really frustrating. You know, the amount of times we've gone, well, why can't we just see if we'll go 4 2 3 1? Why can't we try something different? Why can't we, like, go Salah through the middle uh, for a little bit? And it's just not, it's been almost like going and, you know, that whole, like, oh, well, it's experience, but it's experience that you've not shown any any time recently. Um, you know, there's, there's players who, arguably playing for their futures but you can't play for your future if you're not actually playing football matches you know does Oxlade Chamberlain exist you know uh, Naby Keita has he just been left in Madrid and like did he get buried at half time there or something like it's just it's so predictable like we know exactly how Liverpool are going to get set are gonna, how they're going to set up in terms of the, the shape the formation the tactics the players even like if we all pick the team there's probably 10 players who are nailed on to start, like the only sort of question mark is whether you change it at centre back, which I know you probably want to speak about in a minute. So it must be really easy to to predict that as a, as the opponent, and it seems like we've been completely and utterly found out because even Leeds and Newcastle were, you know, able to completely work us out. So I'd love to see us do something different because, you know, as as all four of us have said, we're probably not going to make much of this anyway. So we may as well try something different, in my opinion, but. 
story of the season. Starting the front four against Newcastle was was something different because I, I agree yeah. with everything you said there. But again, when that doesn't work, we run out ideas. The problem with that is you look into your bench, and that's when you're looking like Arigi, Chamberlain to, to come and step up. And it's a criticism of them. A cops turn around on the bench going, "Well, I, I spunked me load here, I put me four best forwards on, and still can't fucking score. I can't rely on Divock Arigi, Chamberlain to come on and do that. So you be stuck of what you do." Yeah, no, i tell you what, then we'll, we'll talk about Liverpool's formation and stuff in depth uh, after the break, of course. We're going to talk 4 2 3 one, we're going to talk 4 3 3. Um, before that, I've got a trivia question, and the trivia question is this Since 1983, players have played for both clubs. Can you name them? Um, and while you think on that, have a little look at this from the Reds News Roundup this week, streaming now on the RedmenTV.com, where we talk a little bit about Ibrahima Kanate. Ross was saying about the high defensive line and Phillips and stuff like that. And I think that's why Kanati is such a good signing. I, I, you know, you know how good we are. We have been with our signings with over the last four years. Anyway, nearly everyone's like out of the park, good signing. And I think Kanati already profiles like that. You know, this looks like an absolute hand-picked signing for Liverpool because first of all, he's six foot four and he's eighty-five kilos, so he's not going to get bullied on any Premier League game there. He's, he's already played four seasons in a high-pressing system and a high-defensive line in, for, for Leipzig. So he's used to defending in space. He's not slow. Uh, and he's close to Van Dijk levels in, in the air, you know, which is what you need in the Premier League. You need to defend your own box. And, you know, how bad have our set-pieces been this you know, since Van Dijk got injured? It's <laughs> been a major issue in this side all season long, hasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, Canate ticks all those boxes. And I, I do think for, for 35 million euros, I think it's an absolutely... It's going to be like Jota levels good. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There you go then, uh, do check that out, streaming now on the redmentv.com, there's loads of stuff out there, the Around the League show from Monday is particularly good, obviously we've got final words after each and every Liverpool game, Reds News Roundup, documentaries, historical interviews with people like, well there's two on there, with Jürgen Klopp, Jordan Henderson interviews, all kinds, uh, go over and check that out. Um, so, first of all, the trivia answer, um, well, Ross knew the answer straight away, 
Because Ross is a legend. Only because he Googled it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I didn't fucking Google. He definitely Googled it. <laughs> he fucking do, he did. Where did Whatever. you find the answer? But I was making content for the website about three days ago, ahead of the game. But where did you find the answer? Uh, on Sporkle. Sporkle. Okay, he didn't Google it, he Sporkled it. Yeah. Fucking weirdo. Um, what the hell's Sporkle? It's the thing that does all the quizzes, and you just fucking embed them on your website. That's cool, isn't yeah. it? Huh. Not writing the quizzes. No. Okay. Someone fair, has done it for you. Fair play. Fair play. <laughs> yeah, we, you know, I, I respect that. If there's something out there that can do it for you, why not get someone to do it for you? Anyway, that is the answer. Uh, Peter Beardsley, Paul Ince, Michael Owen, another three players since 1980. Um, okay, James, you've sat there silently. I can tell that you really want to have your say on whether Liverpool are going to play 4 3 3 or 4 2 3 1. Which is it, my friend? Mate, I'm chomping at the bit here. <laughs> <laughs> None of us can give less of a shit about it. <laughs> no, listen, uh, no, that's not fair on the, on, the, on the boys and girls that are tuning into this. Um, no, it'll be 4-3-3. It'll be tried and tested, I think. You know, going back to what we were saying before the break, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't imagine there's too, many, there's too many changes and there's too many surprises. And also having, you know, getting, having, Salah, having Salah up top and, and, and having Diego Jota, you know, available to bring on as a, you know, as a, as a super sub is a, you know, is a really exciting prospect in, 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 in a world of not many exciting prospects right now. Um, so that's, so for me, you know, and also that, you know, if, some of your, your main players are underperforming. Um, you know, I don't think you can make too many. I don't think you can make too many changes right now in the season. I think you know, four three three. There we are. It just depends. Again, it just depends who's at centre back. And again, there's you know, there's questions over the midfield personnel. You know, that's that's the only part of the pitch really where we have got a couple of players that could come in and out. You know, you you right to mention um, Oxley Chamberlain, Naby Keita. You know, I'm sure they want a, a bit more game time this season. So yeah, they're they're the only options for me that I think might might you know might see a bit of game time. But other than that, I think it's tried and tested. If you're putting your money on it, what what's that, what side starts for you? Let's go midfield and attackers only. <laughs> well, is 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 Fabinho going to drop back into centre back? I don't know. I've asked you to pick him, mate. All right. Well, it's, well, that because well, that's that's a huge that's going to be a huge part of my decision, isn't it? Well, I mean, make I, it then. I'm going to have one out. I'm going to have one out them. I'm going to have Thiago. I'm going to have Fabinho. I'm going to have the tried and tested trident of of, of wonderful attacking free flowing football ups up top. Mane, Salah and Firmino with Jota on the bench and then question mark on, on, on who is at centre-back. And that's Who's it. at centre-back in your team then? They almost growl then, did you see that? The grimace, <laughs> like, fuck's sakes. Um, well, I mean, personally, I'd drop, I'd, I mean, I, I, you know, there's an argument for dropping Fabino back, you know, his stats there were really, really good. Um, Nat Phillips... Isn't, isn't you know didn't look like he trained didn't look like he's going to be available so it's going to be whoever's next to Kabak really so yeah let's go with Fabinho for now so who's in midfield for Fabinho I don't know fucking you name someone <laughs> I asked you to name someone James no, no, you, know, you know what Oxley Chamberlain's probably chomping at the bit to get on that <laughs> let's, throw, let's throw Ox on and see what happens it can't be any fucking worse than, than, than Leeds and Newcastle <laughs> no, you're absolutely right, Matt. Where do you think? Do you think we're going four two three one four three three? Would you have Fabinho in DM and centre back like James? Yeah, cloning, mate. Um, I think they've got a new cloning machine at Kirby. That's that's why they moved to Kirby so soon. Um, yeah, the, the centre back thing like totally changes everything about it. Now, 
there was some suggestion that from the whole like training yesterday that Reese Williams was um, alongside Kabak in certain parts of training. And Reese Williams started the FA Cup game, so that would make it interesting. Um, Chris looks absolutely bewildered there. I don't know if he's just caught a fly in his mouth or what. But um, if it's Reese Williams with Kabak, then you can play Fabinho in midfield. And, you know, what James was saying about, like, the high line and how you stop United's pace in behind is probably by having Fabinho in midfield. Like, Klopp always talks. Like, he spoke so often whenever we play against Jamie Vardy about, like, well, the, the, the key to Vardy is to not let him have the supply. So, you know, there's probably an argument that he's going to go for stopping the supply. And to stop the supply, you have to have Fabinho in midfield. So, um, yeah, I mean, look, for me... Who knows? But if that's the way that we set up, then at least it's something a little bit different. It's a little bit more interesting. Um, for the in you know, will we bring uh, will we play Milner again? You know, Milner started like almost every game for like the last seven games or something. Um, and then a game against United away, you kind of think, well, he's going to play that Milner for the whole quote unquote experience and everything like that. So if you've got Fabinho and Milner, there's only one other space. Is it Wijnaldum? Then you've got No Thiago, um, which is basically the lineup against Real Madrid. Um, so yeah, it's interesting. I, I would personally, I would drop Mane and play Jota um, in, in, in terms of the attack. But who the hell knows? And seemingly, who the hell cares? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to give my two pence worth then, but there's Go no on, fucking point, is there anymore? Um, yeah, I think the only outside child from midfield for me would be Kurt Jones. Um, I'd be tempted to start him, Genie, and, and Thiago in the middle. Um, I get the Fabinho stuff because he offers so much more when he's midfield, like Matt says, you know, trying to cut out supplies and stuff. And just like the whole dynamic of the team changes, although that wasn't the issue against Newcastle. I'm led to believe it was just clinical finishing again that was the issue. But loads of people, like, I know, across social media saying, like, just just play midfield, but you have to be prepared for Reese Williams or whoever's going to be in there to make a mistake, or Ben Davis, whose career highlight so far have been a video about selling a sofa on fucking Facebook, because no one's seen him since that video, have they? You know, you drop him into Man United v Liverpool and he fucks up, but you can't complain, none of you have been saying put Fabinho in the middle. Um, but again, like at this point, you know, what have we got to lose? No, I must admit, like, I'm so torn because I've so wanted Liverpool to just play two centre-halves, but I just feel like, Reese Williams isn't ready yet, to be honest with you. And, we and miss that, Nat Phillips. We do, we miss Nat Phillips. He's a 50% according to injury room at the moment that there's a chance that he'll come back for Sunday. If he if there's a chance, he has to he has to play for me, which is crazy that I'm sitting here telling you that for a, man, a game against Manchester United. I, you know, that's a big game for us if we do want to keep those hopes of top four alive. But, you know, for me, Fabinho's positioning is his best asset. I've said this time and time again, where he finds himself on the football field. Jürgen Klopp always talks about height in the football on the football field. Fabinho is about six inches taller than another DM and yet always gets his head on the ball. That's not down to fucking height. That's down to positioning where you are on the football field for those long balls over the top or when they're clearing it. It's it's not just height, but he adds that height as well. He's just so damn good in the middle of the park that... I, I watched Manchester City PSG last night. I'm sure everybody probably did, right? And I watched their press and I thought, we used to be like that. 
we use the press teams to the point where they're passing it back to the goalkeeper and they're shitting themselves and we don't do it anymore. PSG did it as well. And yet somehow we've still got the fucking high line. We've got everybody in the right positions. I play a ridiculously high line so that we can press teams, but we don't have it at the business end of the pitch anymore. So as much as we want to talk about Nat Phillips and, and Reese Williams and, and Ozan Kabak and Fabinho, this if we need to win this game and we do need to win this game, I want to see Salah, I want to see Firmino, I want to see Jota or Mane absolutely putting the shit up Manchester United defenders because they haven't got ball players there. Maguire's shit, Lindelof's shit, Luke Shaw's pretty good, Wan Bissaka's a good defender. He's not a great player with his with the ball at his feet. They can be got at. That's how Liverpool go and win this game. Not worrying about whether fucking we've got two centre halves who should be in the shit or not. No, go and fucking press them. Go and put them under some fucking pressure and win the game of football. Let's not think about how we concede. Let's not think about how we limit our chances. Go and win the bloody game of football. There's no question there for anybody. I'm sorry. But that's <laughs> but I'm just, just so angry with it at the moment. But just to counter that, do you think that they don't do that because they're absolutely goosed? Because yeah. Because so freshen can't. it up. You've got four strikers there. Use them in that way. Use them to press, to harry. We've got midfielders. We've got James Milner. We've got Thiago. We've got Fabinho. We've got Kerr Jones. If they can't do 90, make them do 60. If they can't do 60, they shouldn't be fucking playing. They shouldn't. It's just kind of the way that it is. Though. I'm just so angry with the front three because, and again, I watched that City game and I was like, where did when did that stop for us? At what point did we stop oh, harrying oh, teams to the point where again. they shit themselves? It stopped yeah. 12, 12 calendar months ago is when it stopped, and we haven't and we haven't got it back since. And it's not and it's not and it's not spoken about enough in wider circles. You know our problems in defence, our problems all over the pitch. Poor poor individual performances from both of our fullbacks and all three of our strikers. That's that's mental. It is. You're absolutely right. But is this? Is this a drop-off from the front three, Matt? Or is this, they are just tired, is it that simple? Or can they not do Both. this anymore? They've done it for four years. Both, mate. Both. I think that there would have been a drop-off even um, without like the whole conditions of this season in terms of pandemic. Because you know, you've seen that historically with a team of this nature and with Klopp's previous teams. You can't do it for that long. These players are now sort of past like their physical prime. I'm not saying that they're like dead and they need to be like moved on or anything like that, but they are, you know, feeling the effects of four years of very intense high pressure football without any rotation. Literally there's been no rotation in four seasons, was it, previous to this year, you know, getting Jota in before that. Um, and then obviously without the preseason, the proper preseason behind them, the the effects of this year is just it's been a perfect storm, you know. We've spoke about it many times. I'm sure you lads have as well. You know, a pandemic season could not have come at a worse time for this Jurgen Klopp coached squad and for this front three in their careers. You know, like if a pandemic season had hit, like in sort of year two or year one or whatever, it might not have affected things as badly as it is. But it's the fact that it's come at exactly the wrong time in the development of this squad, this team, everything like that, um, and without a preseason to maybe adapt and like how we maybe would have used things differently with Thiago, like the sort of evolution of the team that had sort of been hinted at before the start of the season. And, you know, it's not been able to happen. None of it's been able to happen. So, I mean, I'm, I'm like you, I would, I would rather see us change, keep to three up front and then change it. So that you've got somebody effective coming off the bench and um, rather than like play all four. And then like Ross said earlier, you kind of, 
if you don't if you're not winning when you've got all four on the pitch you start turning around and go it, it, I mean Origi's not it's not even been training for weeks now I don't think he's, no, um, yeah. no, he's no, actually he's injured so he's not he's, yeah. he's, he's not even an option on the bench so who's your next option in terms of to change it up well Oxlade Chamberlain was playing as like a number nine like a couple of weeks ago and Klopp was saying oh that's a new option it's like oh, come on give me a break you know it's not really what we should be looking at no, it's not. It's not, is it? Um, we've had super chat in from Connor Duggan. Thank you very much. Five forty nine euros. Um, if we win this game, the season is saved. Is it, James? Is the season saved? It will go some part in making me happy for a weekend at least. <laughs> well, I mean, Chelsea aren't in a brilliant run of. They're not. They're not in a great run of form. If you look at the past five, if you think over the past five games, I think we've taken more points over. Over that period than they have, um, and the same for West Ham as well. Like they're both, they're both get at get attable. They're, they're get attable. We can get at the pair of them, um, but we really need to start winning some fucking games of football. And we can start. We can see. I'm going to get hurt again, aren't I? We can start this weekend, man. <laughs> Come on, lads. If, look, you know it, 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 it's not unachievable. It is not unachievable, but by God, we have to win this game of football. Like we like it started. There is there isn't any room for error. Like um, who I don't know who who West Ham got this weekend. Uh, West Ham have Burnley on Monday evening away from Burnley home. On Monday. See that's 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 not that's not a, a, a done deal. That's not a done deal for West Ham, and, and you know, fucking I don't know, mate. I don't know. I don't know, Chris. Okay, well, let's have a little look at the league table then. Um, I've got it up in front of me now, obviously. We're pr- pretty much looking at Everton, who are on 52 points with a game in hand. They could go ahead of us. Uh, Tottenham are on 53 points, same amount of games played. Liverpool, 54 points. West Ham, a point ahead of us, same games played. Chelsea in fourth, four points ahead of us. Um, so that's the team that we really need to pull back and focus on now is Chelsea. And as James mentioned, uh, Chelsea have won eight points in their last five games. Liverpool have won 11 points in their last five games, looking at that league table. Um, and West Ham have won seven points. So they are, as James said, quite rightly, get-at-able. Um, so we need to get at them, uh, exactly. And, and the fixtures this weekend... Friday night, Southampton, Leicester. I'm not sure Leicester really any of our business at the moment. Chelsea play Fulham. The only thing going for Chelsea there is that that's a derby. It's the is a Kings Road derby or whatever it's called. It's, is it Kings Road? The both stadiums are on there. I think it is. Uh, Everton play Villa. Um, so that that could go either way. Spurs, Sheffield United, and then Burnley, West Ham. The one thing that we've got to do is we've got to put that pressure onto West Ham United first and foremost. We've got to win our game on Sunday to put the pressure on them on the Monday, but we will also know whether what the result of the Chelsea-Fulham game is, isn't it? And then, you know, I, I, Chelsea's three last three games of the season are horrendously difficult, so anything could happen to them in the well, last Leicester's, three. Leicester's are pretty bad Leicester, as well, aren't yeah. they? I think they've got Chelsea, Spurs and maybe Man City or Man United is Leicester's last three, so I think they're, I think they're still our business. They won the other night, which was a bit of a kick in the tits, another eight points ahead of us. But, you know, if we win this game, we're still putting pressure on them. You know, we've seen strange things can happen in football. It can go right down to the wire. To, well, in fact, we did it against Middlesbrough, you know, You've got to keep that hope, you've got to keep that faith until it's mathematically not possible for me. One other thing, we've not really touched on it too much. Um, I'll come to you on this, Matt, first. I think, you know, we talked a little bit about 4-3-3 then. Is there any part of you that thinks Klopp might go 4-2-3-1? Not what you do, but more like, could Klopp do it again? 
Could do, couldn't he? Um, yeah, maybe that's the best way to do it. You know, because Firmino, when he plays in a four-two-three-one, is actually very good, um, sort of defensively. And as much as like the Newcastle game was a bit fucking annoying to say the least, we were actually all right, and we created many plenty of chances for large parts of the game. You know, if if Mane and Jota could actually finish their dinner, like we would have won that game. Would have been four up by half time. You know, so if you if you kind of go four two three one and play Fabinho, if you're going to do that, you'd have to play Fabinho in midfield because there's no way on earth that like you could play Thiago and Wijnaldum as your two against United. I don't think anyway. Um, but then Fabinho is almost like a half half midfielder, half forward anyway. So um, yeah, I mean, he could do. Who I, honestly, I've kind of I, I always try and see logic in any management decision. And what's the rationale? Like, what's his thinking there? But this season, there's been so many times where I've just not been able to work out what the logic or the, the thinking behind the decision was, whether that's from the start or from a sub, like halfway through a game. I mean, like, we've all spoken about it, but like the Thiago sub, you know, against Newcastle, it's just bizarre. It's utterly bizarre. Like, there's no part of me that can work out what was going through his mind and what his thinking was about a bit behind, like, taking Thiago off in that, in that situation. Um, and I think, like, what Ross was saying about Curtis Jones is is a good point. Like Curtis Jones started something like six games in a row and then was like on the bench and not used for like the next six games. So he like played every single minute for like five, six games and then played absolutely no minutes for like five, six games. So if you talk about like getting at United and having a ball carrying midfielder, you play Curtis Jones, so then you're gonna have to play a three, but there's no way he plays in a two. So there's there are options. It's just that the options haven't proven like themselves to be utterly effective at any point this season. Does it feel does it feel to you, James? And I get this on footy manager games and always have done, where you've backed yourself into a corner with the squad and you've got like twelve players who are match fit and there's a load of lads who are on like sixty percent. Does it feel like that's what Klopp's kind of managed this squad into? We've got loads of players who are, you know, tired, but we've got loads of lads who aren't match fit like Naby Keita's clearly not match fit Kurt Jones isn't match fit you know Divock Origi's injured now but all the lads that we see on all the lads that we see on the bench they don't play football like they come on for 20 minutes and that's about it yeah but it was it's again it's that perfect storm isn't it you know when when we went through that period of having loads of injuries you know certainly at the back and and a couple in midfield as well excuse me we couldn't afford to to, we had to play our best players if even if our best players were were 50 percent or 40 percent they had to play because you couldn't you couldn't you couldn't change that much you couldn't change both center backs a dm and you know and an attacking midfielder and maybe a striker you, we, you couldn't do that. We had to get those points on the board. And then as, as, as Matt says, you know, as the season progresses and we drop more points and there's more poor performances, you're absolutely right. You've, we've played ourselves into a situation now where we, we kind of have to play these lads, however tired they are, however out of form they are. We don't really have a choice unless it, we just do a complete madness and, 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 and you know, and, and, and play Reese Williams and play Oxley Chamberlain and play Naby Keita, but I just don't see that happening right now. And that's, that's you know, and that's and that's sad as well because you know there was there was real promise at the you know obviously at the beginning of the season yeah, you're in more competitions and there's more opportunities, and we've got you know Naby Keita is, is is a really really good example of that of a player who you know had had time out, but every time he's come back and every opportunity that he's had, he's kind of squandered it. And a lot of that's down to the, the pressure, I think, that these lads have been put under. 
coming back into a team that's underperforming because the impetus is on you. You know, right, you've got to come in and you've got to do something brilliant because everyone else is fucking goosed. And that, like, that's just not always a, a, achievable. So, yeah, we've just played ourselves into this awful position now where it's like, lads, just go out and just, just do something, anything, you know? Get a point. A point would be okay. Yeah, absolutely, mate. All right, well, let's wrap it up there then. Um, before we do our score predictions, though, I just want to say, obviously, with the Premier League clubs and stuff over the weekend, taking a stand um, on social media and doing a blackout and stuff, we will be doing exactly the same on our social media channels. We will still be producing our YouTube content as normal on our website content as normal. Uh, but to show solidarity with the players of Liverpool Football Club that have chosen to do this, then we will be making a stand with those players because they stood up for us last week in the European Super League and it is a cause that we truly 100% believe in as well um, so you won't see us over on social media over the weekend and stuff and, and that's the reason why but we will be producing the content as normal here on YouTube so make sure you like and subscribe to the Red Men TV turn that notification bell on as well that will remind you therefore that we are going live when we go live which will be an hour before kickoff uh, on Sunday 3.30 for the team news and then at 4.15 for the game itself so turn those notifications on especially this weekend it's a good time to do it uh, Ross Chandy score predictions Liverpool Manchester United 1-0 yeah James uh Fuck, I don't know. 2-0 Liverpool. <laughs> <Yes>! <laughs> Matt Ladston. Oh, I'm taking some of James's positivity. Yes. Or mis- mis- misplaced positivity, we should say. Uh, 2-1 Liverpool. There's no way we don't concede. Okay. Okay, so in this season of shit, you two of us have predicted a Liverpool win, which hasn't happened. Since, was it a 3-0 victory in 2014, was it? Um yeah. Yeah, okay. Let's go 3-0 Liverpool Football Club. Um, let's let's do that. Klopp's first away win at Old Trafford. Three students of the game and one Ross Chanley bid thee farewell. Thank you very much for watching. Thank you very much, gentlemen, uh, for joining me for this one. It's been an absolute shit show, but a pleasure all the same. Uh, thank you very much for watching at home, and we'll see you on Sunday at 3.30. Ta-ra.